It has been a big week for nuclear flashpoints. We've had the terribly worrying news of live fire, live exchanges and downed jets between Pakistan and India, nuclear-armed Pakistan and India. And, of course, we also saw that second summit between US President Donald Trump and the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. It was held in Hanoi and it broke up prematurely. It broke up when Donald Trump walked with no agreement. Both the United States and North Korea offered conflicting accounts and traded blame after the meeting ended. And Donald Trump said afterwards, sometimes you have to walk. He said that Kim had offered to dismantle the North's most important nuclear facility if the US lifted its harsh sanctions, but it would not commit to do the same, dismantle other facilities that the Americans wanted dismantled. That for Mr Trump was a deal breaker and he walked to discuss both these issues with me tonight, I'm joined by Tom Switzer, who's the Executive Director of the Centre for Independent Studies. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Always great, Chris. Look, it's encouraging, isn't it, that rather than do a bad deal and hand over too many concessions to North Korea, Donald Trump was prepared to walk? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, um, he, he deserves credit for walking away from any kind of a deal that would not have require North Korea to give up its uh, nuclear weapons. Remember, the, the whole purpose of these diplomatic overtures by Washington to Pyongyang, controversial overtures too, uh, has been designed to denuclearize the, the Korean Peninsula. Um, I think it's worth noting, though, that there has been progress made, and I think this is a point that doesn't get picked up a lot by Trump's critics. Uh, since the diplomatic overtures towards Pyongyang, Chris, the, the North Koreans have stopped nuclear tests, They've halted missile tests, they've released Western hostages, and they have returned the remains of the MIAs, the Missing in Action troops, from the Korean War in the early 1950s. That is progress. So it's not like this overture has been a complete and utter failure. No, I agree with you entirely. In fact, the Trump critics, and there's no shortage of them around the world, of course, they were criticising him for being too bellicose towards North Korea only a year ago. And then, of course, when he had the summit in Singapore, they suggested it was all fanfare and no substance, and he was essentially placating North Korea. And now they see him walk their back to him uh, being uh, achieving nothing. But in the meantime, as you say, we've seen an end to missile testing and uh, nuclear testing. And there is a promise, though, we're told, out of uh, the aborted summit yesterday that uh, Kim Jong-un will continue to refrain from testing any weapons or missiles. Can we take him at his word on that, or or, or is that a concern? Well, I, there's always concerns with the regime that's a pretty brutal totalitarian communist dictatorship. But look, let's just look at the last nine months since there have been diplomatic overtures between Washington and Pyongyang. As I said, you've, you've had that progress. Those nuclear tests missile tests, they've all ceased. And that's a far cry from where we were in 2017 when both sides, you may remember President Trump talked about fire and fury against the North Koreans and compared his button versus <laughs> Kim Jong-un's nuclear button. And of course, Kim Jong-un, for his part, was threatening to wipe out the US military installations in Guam, in the Pacific, and maybe even Hawaii. But the last nine months have been uh, have shown signs of progress, and that's why you can't dismiss these overtures. But the, the reality is the North Koreans want all these sanctions lifted, and um, Trump won't do it until he sees concrete evidence that they're going down that path. And look, from North Korea's perspective, you could argue, why would they give up their nuclear deterrent? Because from their perspective, they see it as a, the ultimate deterrent to a foreign attack. And when they see the Americans bring down Saddam Hussein in 2003 and 
Gaddafi in Libya in 2011, they see what happens to those guys. Indeed, but we have been down this path before, haven't we, with the previous agreements where concessions have been made to North Korea under Kim Jong-un's father, of course, and then secretly they've gone ahead with their weapons testing and their weapons uh, development. So the US uh, under uh, President Bush and Clinton was played off a break to a degree. Uh, it is much better if if Donald Trump can hold to this that you don't really give them anything unless you get serious commitment to disarmament. And you're talking about a regime, remember, that successfully tested a, a type of missile uh, in late 2017 that is theoretically able to reach uh, California, perhaps even deeper into the US mainland. So that's why you have to take these kind of precautions. Now, I think Trump is finding the right balance here. Now, the other point here is whether or not Kim Jong-un is thinking he can wait Donald Trump out. Does he just drag this along and hope that he can do a deal, perhaps thinking that Donald Trump uh, might be out of the White House in uh, two years and he might be able to uh, strike some sort of a deal with his whoever succeeds him? Possibly, although you have to remember the North Korean economy is struggling. You know, it's a very sluggish growth, if that. And, uh, you know, they desperately need some form of stimulus, whether it be in the form of aid or in trade, and that's why they're desperate to win the sanctions. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, we all know that Donald Trump uh, likes to use a bit of hyperbole, but when he talks about the sort of economic transformation you could see in North Korea, (laughs) you only have to look south across the border and see what's happened uh, in South Korea over the past uh, 40 or 50 years. Yeah, yeah, this is a a very simple and obvious exercise, but you just compare North Korea versus South Korea, or even... Uh, today's East Germany versus the old West Germany uh, throughout the Cold War. Uh, one was communist, one was capitalist and democratic, and you know who's more prosperous and stable. It's the more capitalist and democratic countries. Hey, freedom works, doesn't it? Uh, now tell us about the, the hot flashpoint, the live fire, down jets, uh, killed a, a terrorists uh, allegedly between Pakistan and India. Developments today in that Pakistan, the President Imran Khan has said that uh, they will hand over the Indian pilot they shot down. Now yeah. that is a is a good sign of detente between the two nations? Possibly. I mean this captured pilot, the Indian pilot, uh, was a flashpoint, still could be a flashpoint. Remember there was a video that showed him uh, blindfolded and then there was another video where he wasn't blindfolded and he was being questioned by a Pakistani military official. And, uh, you know, in the video you see the pilot expressing gratitude to the military of uh, Pakistan for rescuing him. And India called the videos a vulgar display, and and, and they were in the sense that they violated norms governing the treatment of prisoners captured during the war. But we might might see um, a thaw now in the relationship because uh, we have to remember since, uh, since these countries became independent, since partition in 1947, Chris, there have been three major wars. Uh, obviously in 47, 65 and 71, we haven't seen a major outbreak of hostility since 71, so that's why this is so dangerous. It is deeply worrying and it is dangerous, but to put it into perspective, there are incidents along this border quite regularly, aren't they? Not as dramatic as this, but there have been tensions along there and tend to be all sorts of flashpoints from time to time. Well, that's right. Kashmir is a very contested area, and this is what it's about. But, you know, the really controversial thing, and this is the Pakistan-controlled Kashmir, um, these countries have had nuclear weapons for more than 20 years. They've had nuclear tests back in 1998. Since these countries developed nuclear weapons, they haven't had a major outbreak of hostilities, whereas before then you had three very nasty conventional wars. The argument here is, and linking it back to North Korea, 
just because these countries have nuclear weapons, it actually might limit the prospect of an outbreak of hostilities because if there are uses of nuclear weapons, neither side wins. They're both annihilated. Yeah, that's, the, that's a deterrent. That's the consequences. <laughs> there, that might, that's, the, that's the optimistic side of it, the positive side of that, those sorts of consequences. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Tom. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Chris. Tom Switzer there from the Centre for Independent Studies. Both these issues obviously ongoing. We need to keep an eye on them the whole time and trust trust that the former world-class cricketer Imran Khan in one case and the, the volatile Donald Trump on the other uh, are doing the right things in these situations. Let us know what you think about this. One three one eight seven three.